Our scripture this morning is from Hebrews chapter 11. Read verses 17 through 22 as we continue our study through the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 17. Would you please stand for the reading of the scripture? (coughs) By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked the future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph at the end of his life, made mention of the Exodus and of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your word, and we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would come and speak to us. We pray that we would hear the voice of Jesus Christ, the good shepherd in our hearts and that hearing him, his sheep, would know his voice and know him and follow him. We pray that we would see him high and lifted up. We pray that you would come across this place and drive back the opposing power. We pray that you would meet each of us where we are as only you can, you who Search our hearts who have numbered the hairs of our head. You know all things. Nothing is hidden from thee. You know our secrets, our sins, and our hurts, and you're able to tell each one of us exactly what we need to hear. And we pray that you would come and speak to us now in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) Be seated, please. Faith in God who raises the dead. This chapter, Hebrews 11, is about faith. The author has shown us one example after another of godly saints who live by faith. And while this chapter shows us the faith of these people... The emphasis is not really so much on them or their faith as it is on the God in whom they had faith. All of us need our faith strengthened. And the key to strengthening our faith is not to focus on the faith itself, but on the object of our faith. God himself and God alone. Apostle Paul said that Abraham grew strong in faith. But he did not grow strong in faith by focusing on himself. No, it says he did not consider himself. He was as good as dead. It says that Abraham grew strong in faith because he considered that God raises the dead. 
and calls into being those things that do not exist. His faith grew strong because it was faith in the God who raises the dead. Let me give you an example. We have more than one member of this church who coaches some form of baseball from the high school team down to three-year-old t-ball. Say you're teaching a three-year-old to hit for the first time. Or you're working with a great high school player perfecting his technique at batting practice. Do you tell him, keep your eye on the bat? The key to hitting the ball is to stand in the batter's box and focus as hard as you can on that bat the whole time. You wouldn't last long as a coach if you did that, would you? You have to keep your eye on the ball. The bat is your instrument. You can't hit without it, but to use it properly, you cannot focus on the instrument. You must focus on the object. Our confession says that faith is an instrument. We cannot know God without it. We cannot be saved without it. But the way to use it properly is not to focus on the faith, the instrument itself. Rather, we must focus on the object, God himself. Now, my man David Borders back here, he'll know what I'm talking about because he, like me, spent a lot of the 1990s watching the Atlanta Braves on TBS. And we remember it happened a lot more times than we would care to remember. But a lot of times, David Justice or Ron Gant would take a beautiful, powerful swing and miss the ball entirely for swinging strike. And the late Skip Carey, longtime Braves commentator on TBS, he would always say it. I know David knows what he'd say. He'd say he took a home run cut, but he came up empty. In other words, he had a beautiful swing, but he didn't hit a thing. It doesn't matter how great or how strong your faith is if it is not in the right object. And here in this passage, we see that the key to Abraham's great faith and the great faith of his progeny was the God in whom he believed. The God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. They had faith in the God who raises the dead. Now let's get to it. First in this passage, we see the test of faith. The test of faith. Look at verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall 
your offspring be named. You know the story. Abraham and Sarah had waited and waited, and finally, when he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90, they finally had a child, Isaac. You also know that Sarah had gotten impatient years before and told Abraham to take her servant Hagar and have a child with her, which he did, the boy Ishmael, but that was not what God had promised. Ishmael was not the child of the promise. That was Isaac. The Lord had promised Abraham that he would make him a great nation, that his descendants would be like the grains of sand on the seashore. And the Lord had told Abraham that this nation, all these descendants would come solely through Isaac. And then when Isaac was a young man, the Lord did what we would reckon to be the unthinkable. He told Abraham to take his son Isaac to the mountains in the land of Moriah and offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, all kinds of questions might arise as to the ethics of God demanding a human sacrifice, but we don't need to get into that because we know what it was. It was a loyalty test. We know the Lord did not intend to have Isaac killed. He intended to have Abraham tested. That's what it says in verse 17. Abraham was tested. The Lord was testing his faith. But how did that work? Look at verse 19. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Now this tells us how Abraham's faith worked when put to the test. He knew God had promised to make him a great nation. He knew God had promised that this great nation would come through Isaac. He knew that God had given him and his wife the baby Isaac when they were long past being able to conceive a child. And now this same God is telling him to sacrifice the very child he gave him. Abraham obeys and passes the test. How? It says, verse 19, Abraham considered, he reckoned that God was able to raise him the dead. So here's what happened. Abraham worked it out in his mind and heart that God had promised numerous descendants through Isaac. Isaac has no children yet. God is asking for Isaac to be killed. So Abraham concludes that if he does what God asks him to do, God will then 
raise Isaac from the dead. Isaac must have a child. He knows one way or the other, Isaac is coming back down that mountain with him. Look at the verse we put on the top of your bulletin from Genesis 22. You know the story. God commanded Abraham to take the boy up and to sacrifice him. And he and his servants, they went, uh, set out towards the land of Moriah for the sacrifice. And then Abraham left the servants and took Isaac uh, up to the place uh, where the Lord had commanded him. And look at what he said there in Genesis 22 and verse 5. He said to his servants, Abraham talking, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. He says, wait here. The boy and I are going to go up, make a sacrifice and worship God, and then we are coming back. Will be back. He believes he and Isaac are coming back together, even if he has to raise him from the dead. You see, Abraham trusted God. It's all about who God is. He believed God was trustworthy. He believed God was faithful to his word. He would believe God would keep his promise even if he had to raise the dead to do it. And so he obeyed. He passed the test. What the test revealed was that Abraham's faith was in the right Object. He trusted the character of God, the goodness of God, the righteousness of God. He trusted the power of God. You think Abraham could have taken his son, whom he dearly loved, up that mountain to offer him as a burnt offering if he were focused on himself? No, the test showed he was focused on God alone. You see the test of faith. Secondly, in this passage, you see the object of faith. Look at verse 20. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. Isaac blessed his sons at the end of his life, and Jacob blessed Joseph. He blessed all his sons, but blessed Joseph's sons. Again, there's a lot more to these stories than the author mentions here. You know about... Jacob tricking his father 
in the blessing of him and Esau and the conflict with his brother. And, and you remember how Jacob intentionally crossed his arms and blessed Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, in reverse order. But, but none of that's the point here. The text mentions simply that Isaac blessed his sons and that Jacob blessed Joseph's sons. The point is, Isaac and Jacob were late in years. They were going to die. But they believed God would continue to keep his promises to bless his people and make them a great nation even after they themselves were long dead. Again, the focus cannot be on self. These men were dying. Their faith was in the eternal God, the living God, and what he would continue to do after they were gone. As with their father Abraham, the object of their faith was God alone. So we see the test of faith, the object of faith, and thirdly and finally, we see the anchor of faith. Look at verse 22. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Now again, you know the story, lots of Old Testament history here, but Joseph's brothers, they sold him into uh, slavery because uh, they hated him. And he went down to Egypt, but uh, through a series of events, he finally rose to the top, becoming second in command to Pharaoh uh, himself. And Joseph was in charge of the food collection and then the distribution during the seven-year famine. And through a great twist of events, he saved his family in the famine. He reconciled with his brothers who had sold him to the Midianite traders years ago and he moved them and his father all down into Egypt where there was plenty of grain and they were taken care of. And then Joseph got old and died and the family multiplied. But Joseph left instructions that his remains be returned to the promised land. You know, the Hebrews would go on to be enslaved in Egypt because another pharaoh would arise that didn't remember Joseph. And the Israelites would be in slavery in Egypt for centuries. But long before all of that, Joseph said, take my bones and bury them in the land of Canaan. And it says here in verse 22 that Joseph made mention of the exodus. He knew they would one day leave Egypt and go to the promised land. How did he know that? He knew it 
because God had promised his great-grandfather, Abraham, that he would give him that land. That he would give that land to his descendants. And Joseph believed that God would keep his word. That's the anchor of faith. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Paul says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to grow in your faith, if you want to strengthen your faith, like Abraham to grow strong in faith, And your focus must be on God, the object of faith. And we focus on him and we go to him through his word. Now there's a little more here. In verse 17 says Abraham offered up his only son. And in verse 22 says Joseph mentioned the exodus. You know where this is going. God did not, in fact, make Abraham offer his only son. You know the story. God provided a ram caught by his horns in a thicket, and Abraham offered the ram instead of his son. But one day, God provided the lamb. The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He did not make Abraham offer his son, but one day God would offer his only begotten son. And one day God brought about a greater exodus than going out of Egypt. The exodus Jesus accomplished by his death and resurrection at Jerusalem, not exodus from slavery in Egypt, but exodus from death itself. Abraham knew God could raise the dead, and Joseph gave instruction for his bones to go back to the promised land. Why? He knew his bones would rise again in the greater exodus. The greater exodus even beyond the promised land. But from death into life eternal. This exodus was accomplished in his death and resurrection by Jesus Christ and him alone. And this is what true faith is. True faith is trust in the God 
who raises the dead. Do you have it? Or to put it more correctly, do you have him? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.